0: This morning, I want us to think for a little while about the two foundations. Now, as we know, a foundation is a basic support of of a building. Those that build houses like Brother Greg and others uh, know that you have to start with a good foundation if you expect to have a good building, because all sorts of things can happen if it's not founded on a good foundation. Of course, the brick can crack, the drywall can crack, The doors will not open and shut properly. And so every uh, building deserves and needs a good foundation. Uh, A building or an institution is only as good as its foundation. Every institution rests upon a foundation of some sort. Life is built upon uh, one of the two foundations, and we need to evaluate those foundations and see if we're living on the proper foundation. As Brother Cale uh, read, uh, read for us there from Matthew 7 and 21, he said to everyone that saith me, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. He that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. And he said many will say unto me that day, Lord, haven't we prophesied thy name? In thy name cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. depart from me, you that worketh Iniquity, and he said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat up on the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I liken him to a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat up on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall thereof. And it says the scripture says, and when Jesus ended these sayings, they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as one of the scribes. So the Lord only laid one true foundation. The church is on that foundation. In Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13 says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some said that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But He said, Whom say ye that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And He said, Blessed art thou, Simon bar He said, Flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the church is founded on a rock. There's no other real foundation. Man attempts to establish other foundations and other creeds and books of catechism and all kinds of creed books and so forth. But there's only one real foundation. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11, he says, For other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. That's the foundation that we need to be uh, building on. In Matthew 15 and verse 9, he says, In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. So there's no other real foundation. The wise builder will build on Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 10, for he, Paul says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation another buildeth thereon. But he said, Let every man take heed how he buildeth uh, thereupon. You know, people today, they just tend to disregard God's plan and establish their own plan. And we have an example of that Uh, in Romans, uh, the 10th uh, chapter, verses 1 through 3. Paul says, My prayer to God and my my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And he says, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. The wise builder will build on Christ. Those on the rock that build on the rock believe that the scriptures are inspired. In 2 Timothy 3, verses beginning with verse 16 and 17, there he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. John 5 verse 39 says, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Acts 17 and 11, it says that these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and search the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Then those that build on the rock believe that God, uh, the gospel is God's saving power. In Romans 1, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. In John 17 and 17, he says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word, is truth. Friends, those that build on the on the rock believe that salvation is conditional. A lot of people don't think so, but salvation is conditional. In Hebrews five and verse nine he says, and he being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. That sounds like a condition to me, doesn't it to you? In Galatians five and verse six, <clears throat> it says that in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but a faith that worketh by love. Those that build on the rock believe that the Lord adds the save to the church. A lot of uh, religious bodies uh, teach that you know that uh, you're voted into the church. But in Acts, Acts uh, 2 and 47, he says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, And the Lord added to the church daily such as were being saved. So, if we're added to the church daily, that means that the saved are in the church, doesn't it? In Ephesians 2 verse 16, it says, And that He, Christ, might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. In Ephesians 5 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. So if Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body, all spiritual blessings, the Scripture teaches, are in Christ Jesus. And therefore, if we're going to take advantage of those spiritual blessings, we have to be in Christ Jesus. They also, the ones that build on the rock, say that there's only one church. Now, I know that that doesn't make you too popular when you say that. But according to the scriptures, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 20, he says, But now there are many members, but one body. In Ephesians 4, uh, beginning with verse 1, Paul says, I ther- therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you call, with all lowliness, meekness, longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. For he says, there's one body and one spirit, even as you're called by one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above you all, through you all, and in you all. So uh, there's only one true church, as we can see from the scriptures. Unity is commanded in that church. Uh, you know, some people say, well, you just believe what you want to, and you believe you're going. we're all going the same place, but we're just going different directions. But uh, God commands unity. It's not an option. In John 17, 20, Christ said, Neither I pray for these alone, but for all them which shall believe on their word, and that they all may be one as thou art father in me, and I, I am in thee. And he says that they also may be also one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So Christ prayed for unity. And we know there's a difference in being united in something and having unity. You can tie two horses together and, and they're united, you know. But there's no unity there, cause as you'd soon find out. But unity is commanded, and and in Psalms 133 and verse 1, he says, how good and how pleasant uh, for brethren to dwell together in unity. When When we speak the same thing and do the same things and stand for the same things, this pleases God because unity is commanded. Also, those that build upon the rock believe that we ought to wear God's given name. In Isaiah 62 and 2, he says, Thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And then in Acts 11, 26, he says, The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And in Acts 4 and verse 12, he says, Neither is our salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Uh... In 1 Peter 4, in verse 15, Peter says, Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. But then in verse 16 of 1 Peter 4, he says, But if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but rather glorify God uh, in this behalf. In other words, be glad that you can be a child of God then those that build on the rock m- believe that we must live right. In uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he says, Wherefore, sin, you're all so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly uh, in this present world. And in 2 2 Peter 1, beginning with verse 5, he says, Besides this, give diligence." To add that you add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. And he says, if these things be in you and abound in you, they make you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says, but whosoever lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, having forgotten that he hath been purged from his old sins. He says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Isn't that wonderful? If you do these things, you shall never fall. Put on those Christian graces. Then those that build on the rock believe that we must meet on the first day of the week. You know, uh, we, we teach by three ways. By commandment, by example, or by uh, inference. And this is a commandment whether the people believe it or not. In Acts 20 and 7, he says up on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread that Paul preached to them ready to depart on the morrow and he continued his speech until midnight. Then those that build on the rock believe that we have to maintain a true worship. There's different kinds of worship. In Acts 2 and verse 42, he says, And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayer. This is some of the things that they did. And certainly we ought to be a doing. In 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, a short verse there, he says, Pray without ceasing. Uh, in James 5 and 16, he says, Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then we've taught those that build on the rock believe that we ought to sing in our worship service. You know, sad to say, we have some folks that believe that singing is just a filler, that it's an option. You don't have to sing if you don't feel like it. Just sit back there and don't do anything. Don't open your mouth. But you say, well, I, I'm not a very good singer. That ain't what he said. He said that we're to sing. In Ephesians five, nineteen he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. And then in Colossians three verse sixteen he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart uh, unto the Lord. We're also taught that we're to give of our means. In 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, Paul says, As I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering uh, when I come. And then also those that build on the rock believe that we should practice pure religion. In James 1, in verse 27, he says, Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the widows and the orphans in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. We've looked at those, what those that build on the rock believe. Let's look briefly for, about those that build on the sand, what they believe. Those that build on the sand say that the Scripture is part human that it's uh, it's, it's a, just a storybook, that Christ was a good man and all of that, but it, that uh, the scriptures are not divine. But as we've already quoted from 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God-breathed. And is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God can be complete, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So the scriptures is, is not hard human, but they are inspired of God. They also teach those that build on the sand say that we're saved by a direct operation of the Holy Spirit. But the scripture teaches us contrary to that, that the Holy Spirit only operates through the written word, and that we're not saved by a direct operation of the Holy Spirit. In James 1 and 21, he says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. That's what will do the job right there, the engrafted word. They also teach that salvation is not conditioned by obedience. You know, you're either saved or you're not, and there's nothing you can do about it. <clears throat> but in Acts 10, verse 34 and 35, Peter says, Of the truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Does that sound like a condition to you? It certainly does to me, that you fear God and worketh righteousness, is accepted with him. Then they also, those that build on the sand, say, well, you just joined the church of your choice. You know, friends, we don't have a choice. There's only one true church, and I know I stand in danger when I say that but to some people, but there's only one true, true church and we can't, jo- we can't join that church to start with. According to Acts 2.47, we already quoted that he says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as were being saved. Then those that build on the sand say that we're saved outside of the church of Christ. You know, we're all just going to the same, a different direction, but we're all heading for the same place. You're saved outside of the church of Christ. But in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, he says all spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus. Uh, In Acts 4 12, as we've already said, he said there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Then they say that religious division is best. Those that build on the sand say religion division. You believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to be. But is God happy with that? Certainly not. Religion division is not best. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, he says, Let there be no division among you, that you all speak the same thing, that you be joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Does that sound like religious division? We've already quoted from Ephesians 4, 3, where he says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. They claim you can wear any name, but according to Acts 4:12, he says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We have to wear the name of Christ. You know, if... Uh, if your wife was to start wearing some other man's name, that wouldn't sit too good with you, would it? We have to wear the name of Christ. Christ is the one that died for the church and is the Savior of the body. And they also teach those that uh, build on the sand saying, well, you can't, uh, you can't fall from grace. Once saved, always saved. But Paul says that we can in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12 He says to him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. And ended up to another group of people, he he came out plainly and said, ye are fallen from grace. Is what he said. So we can fall from grace. Paul said himself in 1 Corinthians uh, 9 and 27, he said, I buffet my body and bring it into subjection, lest after I have preached to others... I myself might be a castaway. Well, if there was no danger of him uh, you know uh, of uh, falling him falling from grace, why would he buffet his body and and keep it in subjection? Certainly it was necessary that he do so. And then uh, those that build on the sand say you can just meet wherever you want to or whenever you want to in worship. We've already touched upon that in Acts twenty and verse seven. He says that if the apostles met on the first day of the week. They we came together to break bread and Paul preached to them. So we need to we need to uh, assemble on the first day of the week to worship. And then the ringer is that they say that any worship that is honestly done is all right. Just as long as you're sincere, you know, and and honest in in what you're doing, it's all right. But Proverbs 14 and 12 says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is the ways of death." In conclusion, friends, we ought to ask ourselves a question. What foundation are we building upon? Are we building on the rock, the rock of ages, which shall shall always stand on Christ, the true foundation? Or are we building on the sand, which is bound and bound to fail and to fall certainly i would hope that we're building on the proper foundation you know god's plan is is simple his plan of salvation is simple he says that we're to hear the word romans 10:17 says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god he said we're to believe except ye believe that i am he you shall die in your sins uh, Hebrews 11:6 says that without faith it's impossible to please God. Then we know that we need to come to repent of our sins. In Luke 13:3 and 13:5, he says, "I tell you, tell you, Nay, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish." In Acts 17:30, Paul says, "At a time God winked at this ignorance, but now He commandeth all men everywhere to repent." And then we need to confess the name of Christ, the greatest confession we could ever make. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, he says, With the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then, of course, that cultivating act that puts one into Christ is baptism. You notice that all those other steps were unto, but the one step of baptism is into. In Galatians 3 and verse 26 and 27, he says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you, verse 27 says, have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. 1 Peter three twenty one says, A like figure he's talking about uh, in the days of Noah when the patience of God waited wherein eight souls were saved by water. And he said, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience to God. If you're subject to the invitation, you can come while we sing.